Thank you for tuning in to In the Vine Dating Podcast. Today, we'll be continuing our newest segment called Who's in the Vine, released every Monday, where Melissa will be interviewing different guests to talk about the questions you ask. And remember to follow up every Thursday, where we will further discuss any questions or responses you may have. Please enjoy, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a good one for you guys today. So here with me, I have the myth, the legend. Wait. Stop. <laughs> the myth. The woman. The legend. <laughs> what is it worth? <laughs> You've never heard of that, but we have I'm the, the legend, myth. okay? What? <laughs> we have the myth, the legend. <laughs> I have the woman, the myth. The legend. There you go. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I promise she is a legend. So, Pastora. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Pastor Adriana, you guys have heard us talk about her throughout the podcast. I think season one, I'm sure we mentioned you. Um, good things. Good things. <laughs> good things. I made sure. Mm-hmm. I made sure. Just kidding. Um, but no, we're just so excited. Last week, you guys heard from her husband, Pastor Abraham. And this week, you get to hear from the beautiful Adriana. And so one of the main reasons why we were just like, okay, like it's time to have her on this podcast is because of the wealth of knowledge that you have and so but not only not only does pastor adriana have like knowledge and savviness and all that good stuff but she also has such a heart of restoration and redemption to be able to see young men and women just really um come into the fullness of god i know that i'm always i always tell her that i credit her that she taught me how to hear the voice of god but not just that fall in love with the voice of god and intercession and all that so um the woman that you're about to hear from is a mother figure to many. Um, she is a mentor to many. She is a huge um, thumbprint on this city and this territory. And so um, I'm just so excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. So Pastor Gianna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with uh, In the Vine and yes. I'm happy to be here with Melissa Chavez, also known as Chavela. <laughs> Just kidding. I have to be myself, okay? So I've got to play around. Please, please. <laughs> so I'm sorry um, to everybody that's watching me. If you're expecting me to be very serious, you're going to be very disappointed. Okay? <laughs> so brace yourself. I really was not kidding. It's going to be a good one. Um, okay. So Pastor Adriana, tell us a little bit about yourself, please, for those that don't know you. Okay. So a little bit about myself. I am a lover of Jesus. I am um, a wife. I am a mother. I am, thank God, now a sister. I always grew up with brothers, and my dream was always to have sisters. And so I am beyond grateful to Jesus for providing me sisters that I always desired to have. I am a lover of people. Mm -hmm. I can say now that as I'm getting older, and I'm around people and I see people uh, smile and laugh and 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 just being able to be a part of somebody's day to make it better. That is my why on why I'm alive. So if I was going to talk a little bit about myself, I, I love God and I just love 
people. I yeah. think people are so fascinating to me. Yeah, I think you're the first person when I first person ever that I ever heard say that. I remember when I first started coming to the church. And I heard you say that, I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it to love people? You know what I mean? But the more that I grew in Christianity, the more that I realized, oh, yeah, like, if you're going to be a real Christian, you got to really love people. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's um, a thing. I think it's a little important to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, I think it's just a little crucial. I was a but, hot mess. But it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Jesus, it's my soul. <laughs> Yeah, so, and, but not only hear those words, see it in action, you know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people can say that because it's Christianese, but to be able to see it first and then hear you say those words, it's like, oh, that's why she does the things that she does. And even to the point where other people don't understand it, mm -hmm. right? Other people are like, well, because, sorry, just going off on a tangent, but it's true. Like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of us, right, we grow up, um, with these boundaries, right? And boundaries are good. They are boundaries, good. Boundaries are good. But when it comes to having the heart of Jesus, there's certain boundaries that as Christians and as people that carry God's heart, we're really not allowed to have in some instances, right? Right. Because you have to get into the trenches. You have to get into the nitty gritty. And sometimes like, you know, like the word says, like, you leave that the Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. Like, that was breaking a boundary in order for him to be able to chase after the one. That Great perspective. And so I know I've seen that. From Great you time and time again. So, yes, girl. Yeah. You are a, a, a people lover. I am. Um, okay, so what else? Anything else you want to add? Yeah, so I'm also a pastor of Greater Works Christian Church. I also mentor women in and out of the church. Yes. Uh, I, I look at the city as my, my playground. I look at it as my... Uh, I look at the city as my church and I look at my church as ground zero. Yeah. So that's the way I view it. The The Bible says that, that the church means ecclesia. Mm -hmm. Ecclesia means community, which means common unity, right? But I look at the city as my ecclesia, Yeah. right? Um, so I do mentor. I mentor in and out of the church. Yes. I, I, I love to sit with women. I love to talk and just learn the different dynamics of how people work. And now that I'm getting older, I had an epiphany. Oh, tell me. And the Shirt. epiphany was, you know, when I was immature, I thought everybody thought like me. Mm. And then I grew up and I realized, oh, wow, <laughs> people don't think like me and people think very differently. And they think wrong. And I'm <laughs> do it sometimes I think wrong you know so it's like I can't even put everything on poor other people I'm the problem right so um in that regard but yeah so uh, you know sitting there just listening to people and it, I love to hear their stories mm -hmm. like everybody has a why you know why they do certain things yeah. or why they act a certain way or why and I think that the more you've gotten you've gotten your heart broken the more mercy pours out of you mm -hmm. when you heal correctly right so the more you feel for other people's pain yeah. and you're like, oh, and you start, I, I guess I'm just becoming more merciful as I'm getting older when I was a lot more rigid and black and white before. Mm. 
Where now I'm kind of like, yeah, well, no, I could see how it's like this. Where before I was like, no, it's like this. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, so mentoring is a big one for me. But that's that's a lot of the reason my, my why is because I I love to hear their stories and I like to be a part of a I like to be a healing agent for people. So yeah. that that's big. Um, the other thing I do is I am the president of Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. It's a big deal. I still don't understand how I got there, but but you know I'm there. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, and and I'm big on politics, and I think I, I, politics is a dirty word. A lot of people are afraid of that word, right? They are, yeah. But if you if you read the Bible, it's all political. Yes. You know, if you really study it out, you take the time to really pay attention. But I I want to say this: it's not politics as Republican and Democrat. It's pol a political where we bring in morality back into right. our nation, ethics back into our nation. And if we're going to um, understand how great revivalists worked back in the days, what you will see, one of my heroes of the faith, and I'm looking for his quote here because it goes with politics, yes. um, is Charles Finney. He is my ultimate hero. And what... I loved about <laughs> Charles Finney was because the way he got people saved. I thought I was the only one that did this. Okay. So when people would come up to the altar, uh, women would be crying and they're like, I need the Lord. And I would see them. And in my spirit, I'm like, you're not ready. You need to go back and sit down mm -hmm. because God isn't your sugar daddy. And you really need to understand when you say yes to the Lord, what, what that right. means. Right. Yeah. And so they would, they would be so confused. And I remember Pastor Linda was like, what are you doing? <laughs> And I'm like, but, but they're not ready. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, you better know what you're doing, right? And that just this was an unction in my, in my, I call it a knower, right? Your knower, your gut, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so they would go back and sit down. But then when they would, they, they would take time and they would listen to the message and listen to the message and they would come to the Bible studies, as you know, yeah. you know, here, here, and here and there. Um, then they would come back up after a few months or even a year later. They would mm -hmm. come back a year later. Yes. And they would give themselves to the Lord. And then these are the people to this day that are the most faithful people and the and the strongest warriors yeah. of the faith because they've been able to withstand some horrid uh, battles yeah. that I look at their battles and I look and I'm like, yeah, you can do this. And I'm like, oh, God, that's a hard one. Of course, I don't tell them that, you know, but but they but they overcome their battles. And yeah. when I studied out Charles Finney, I know it's a long answer to the political. <laughs> but listen, I'm going to tie it back together yeah. here. But when I studied out Charles Finney and I studied him out, he was the greatest revivalist at the, in the second great awakening oh. in our nation. OK, um, he knew how to he knew how to package revival. OK, he knew how to market it. He was fascinating. Mm -hmm. He was a, a lawyer. He was a theologian and he was a president of college. What? And, and there was a lot of controversy with him because he would allow women to pray. Oh. He was big on allowing women to be part of the movement. Right. Okay. So, you know, he's got my attention, but <laughs> right. this is one of the reasons why he got my attention. When I studied him out, it said that grown men mm -hmm. would run to the altar. Grown men. Weeping. Okay. I need this Jesus. Okay. And he would say, sit down. You're not ready. Ugh. I'm like, I thought I was the only one. Right? No, yeah. no, no. He would do that. And he led massive revivals. That's amazing. So that was one. But my biggest fascination with him is that he had two intercessors that would go into the city that he would, he would be preaching at. And they would pray. 
Two guys. Okay. I pray to God I get their names right. I was going to. Yeah. Abel Clary. Okay. And Daniel Nash. Okay. If I, that's not right, forgive me. Email me at forgiveme.com. Okay. <laughs> but I believe that's right. All right. So they would pray and pray and then they would feel the atmosphere shift. Hmm. And then they would call Charles Finney and say, okay, now. Yeah. And, 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 and that's my why with my prayer and politics. And he was big in politics. So oh, can I read to you? Please. I had to make you fall in love with Charles Finney yeah. before I read to you his, <laughs> his quote, story. okay? Yes. So I, had to, I had to tell the story before I, I read his quote right. so you can understand. Okay, this was his quote. Politics are part of a religion in such a country as this. And Christians must do their duty to the country as part of their duty to God. Mm. big on politics that's good that's amazing that's that's amazing because that is one of the things you know ever since we started with <clears throat> with in divine in the first season we were like christ and country because country it matters right it matters uh, the the politics that are going on and everything all this policy that's being released that has been happening and all these crazy things people may think it has nothing to do with the other, but it oh, has oh, yeah, everything it to do, especially like in California, let's talk about, and oh. I mean, first of all, you guys are lucky that Pastor Abraham didn't go on this rant, okay? Oh, yeah. He's in the live studio audience right now. He's like, <laughs> I bet you he's like, you didn't tell me I could go down that road. I'm I sure could have given you statistics. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Abraham was like keen on statistics, yes. on leg like I'm not. legislation. <laughs> Pastor Jana brings in the story. I bring in the story. Yeah, like she makes you fall in love with it. As I you forget know. about the statistics. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me numbers. I probably won't be able to give you, but I have my helper that will. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, but it matters, right? Like over here in California, right? Like the fact that they're creating legislation to separate parents from their kids or to, to make kids like influence them into something that goes against their God-given identity. And so um, if you are not familiar, if you're not keen with politics, and I recommend that you get involved like with Palmdale Freedom Coalition. I know that Pastor Abraham touched on it and in his interview. And it really is beginner friendly. Like one, yeah. of the, one of the things that I remember the, the leader saying is like, yes. how many of you ever thought that you were going to be at a city council meeting? Mm -hmm. at a, nobody. Everybody just showed up like just sick of yes. the tyranny that was taking place in our yes. city. And so it's like, don't get intimidated if you don't know. Everybody has a place to start. And it does matter because policy shapes the future. Yes. And so if you want to have a healthy family, if yes. you want to have autonomy over your family, as we read in the our, our vision and mission and vision statement last episode for the last season, it's like we want to restore that autonomy back to that yes. family, right? And so make sure like... Get involved. And if you don't know how to get involved, send us a message on Instagram. We'd be more than happy to connect you. Yes. And I'm not texting. I'm actually, uh, there is a, 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 you touched on something about God and country. Yeah. Christ and country. Christ mm -hmm. and country. Um, that is huge. I know that the foundings of this nation, I know it's, it's uh, God, family. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Country. Right. Some of the, uh, some of the people that, were leading this country believed that their belief system, I'm not saying it's our belief system, yeah. but their belief system was God, country, family. And the reason why they believed that was because if we didn't take care of the country and we didn't focus on the country, the government would turn on our family mm. and then our family would get devoured Makes by sense. the country. Yeah. Right. So, 
as believers, we take care of our, our God comes first, our homes, yeah. and we have to get involved in our country. Yeah. Because if we don't get involved in our country, then what happens is what we're seeing now, yeah. where the government is overriding our family, right? right? Yeah. So that's a huge one. And I think that the biggest thing is morality and ethics in everything we do. Yeah. And that, it, that was big to Charles Finney, uh, making sure that morality and ethics were always on the forefront yeah. of our nation. Mm-hmm. And so as a revivalist, as, a, as, as one that knew how to market revival, mm-hmm. I think that to me is really, really important. So everywhere, and another thing that I loved about him was that he saw God in everything. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that. Yeah. I can go into a situation and I can see God in everything. Yeah. And so wherever you go, Jesus should have the, the right to manifest himself right. in that atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's such a, a powerful, in, even bringing it, tying it together with what Pastor Abraham said in the last one. It's like the way that you practice is the way that you play, right? Something along those lines. I'm sure I butchered it, but... It's that idea. So it's like, if you're already putting in that importance of seeing God and everything, maybe even before people are married, while they're still dating, maybe you're not even dating in this moment, but you're finding God in everything. Then in those ugly moments where you're dating somebody, courting somebody, where it doesn't look good, mm-hmm. you can see God in it, right? Yeah. I've been able to see God even in rejection. It's like, oh, okay, that person wasn't for me, God, but I totally see you yes. in the way that you moved in that. Yes. And you know, you're talking about a revivalist and the way that he was able to market it and all those yes. things. And so again, like, you know, if this is the first time that you're hearing something of this nature, like you got to understand that it all, all of what she's saying, she's talking about at a national level, but it could also start in the home, right? Because our first ministry starts in the home. And so if you're in your home and you're like, okay, I need to see revival in my marriage because it doesn't look good right now. Or I need to see revival within myself, right? Because I'm dealing with all these addictions, like blah, blah, blah. Send prayer. Stand on prayer. See God in the breakthrough, right? And another reason why I love Charles Finney is he said, I love him. I, I have, I literally, I have a book. I have his book. I, I, I love him and and uh, I, I pay attention to people that have the fruit, right? Yeah. And, and measurable facts to back up what they've done. Especially when they when you can like jive. Yes, yeah. I, I I love this guy. Place, yeah. But he basically said this: you can have revival wherever you're at. Mm. If you need revival in your home, you can have revival in your home. Well, how do you do that? You read the Bible and you pay attention. If you do this, then I will do this. Yeah. If you do this, then this will come from that. And so he really honed in on those things. And I, I believe that uh, we really need to start paying attention. Okay. So if I do this, then this will happen. If I don't do this, then that will happen. And so revival can come anywhere you're at. That's really good. Revival can break out at any moment. The goal is to get the heavens open and cleared to get this glory, you know, where there's massive revivals, but you can't have revival everywhere you go. Right. So I I agree, especially your home. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Well, that was the introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That was a lot, but it was all amazing stuff. So, Pastor Adriana, the next thing that we're going to shift into in this interview is, um, as you know, I want to have like a few focus Focus, focus points. And so the first one that I want to talk to talk about is serving while single, right? I know that you mentor a lot of ladies that are single that whether they left the um, 
relationship, long-term relationship or whatever. But, um, and I know that you are big on serving. So my first question to you is, can you define what serving is according to the Bible? And why is it so important to learn that trait as a single man or woman? Well, according to the Bible, I think it's very clear. It says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, if you pay attention to those words, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the first person that you need to serve in love mm -hmm. is yourself so that you can love your neighbor. Yeah. Does that mean that you're self-focused and you're all in love with yourself and it's all about you? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It means that you're going to bring the best part of you to that other person because you can't pour out something you don't have, yeah. right? So biblically, the Bible says, do unto others as you would like to be done unto yeah. you. And as, as a Christian, that should be kindergarten. Yeah. So that should be like foundational. Right. No questions asked. Yeah. And here's the key. You don't love people the way you want to be loved. You love people the way they need. Mm. Yeah. What's their need? Now, a lot of the times when you have that character, usually you don't get your need met, yeah, right? So yeah. then you're like, wait, what the heck? Right? <laughs> yeah. But you still have to continue and love people the way they need to be loved. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that I think that that's, that's the greatest component. Yeah, that's really good. And I was actually reading Matthew last night, and I never realized, because you know, in the Bible where it talks about where the Pharisees come up to Jesus and they're like, oh, like, what's the best commandment, blah, blah, blah. And so then Jesus is like, the greatest commandment is first to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And then he says, and then the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So I love how you said that because it, it's not self-love the way the, the world preaches, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you know, I got to do self-care. No. Which I'm not saying there's not a, a time and well, place for that. We need that, that right? but yeah. not... But that's not the focus of what no. this is saying. So, yeah. Because it's like, okay, first you love the Lord. Yes. And I think it comes down to what even Pastor Abraham and, and I were discussing. It's like honoring people in God's image. So how do you see God's image is first you focus on God. Yeah. Right. And then you're able to focus like, oh, wow, like Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, wait, that means you're also fearfully yes. and wonderfully made. Right. <laughs> so that is amazing. Hot fire. So how important do you think that is? Because I think... Um, a lot of people, myself included, I used to think this way too. It's like, oh, well, I'll get that trait once I'll start like, um, or I'll learn how to serve when, once I get married and blah, 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 blah. I never realized how I can actually start doing that now. Mm -hmm. Right. It took me a long time to learn that. <laughs> and so how important do you think it is for, and how important is it for somebody to do that in their singleness? One. And two, what are some examples that you can give for people to start exercising that? Okay, so I think that it's extremely crucial mm -hmm. for you to do that. It's kind of like 911 emergency. <laughs> like that is something that everybody should do. I think the Bible's clear. Yeah. Look at the way God acted with his people. I gave the best yeah. before I asked you for anything. Mm -hmm. he he, oh, God always touches the heart before he asks for the hand. That's so good, yeah. You see it from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. He doesn't ask anything of you without him first giving. Yeah. He gave his best. Yep. He touched our hearts, mm -hmm. set us up for success before he asks for anything in return. Yeah. And I think that that's a great example. 
My mom always taught me, as a little girl, I remember going to my aunt's houses and stuff and she'd tell me, go wash the dishes, go throw out the trash. And I would get upset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I always have to do everything? And my cousins get to sit on their butts and do nothing, yeah, it's right? Their house, let it's their house, let them Yeah, <laughs> but my mom would always be, do something. Mm-hmm. Don't be lazy. Mm-hmm. You always come and you help. You have to help. So my mom ingrained that in me as a little girl. She always taught me to look around and look for a need. Mm-hmm. What needs to be done? What? Who needs the help? And so to me, that's crucial. Yeah, It's crucial for people to do that. Mm-hmm. It's necessary, yeah. especially in our day and age. Right. So in that regard, we need to be very mindful yeah. on making sure that we pay attention to those little details. Yeah, to those needs. That's especially true. as single women. Yeah. If you're going to be a single woman, especially not only because I'm a pastor, but right. you feel a need and what you will find is when, when you feel the need, then you become part of a community. Mm-hmm. And when you're part of that community feeling the need, you find your identity. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's something that you you definitely preached ever since I've known you and something that you taught me and that you poured into me. I remember one of the key things, one of the first ways that I like, I'm like, oh, that's Pastor Adriana's voice for sure. It's like, you always leave a place better than how you found it. Always. Always. And so I was like, okay, because I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was the last child. So I was the baby of the family. <laughs> I was the spoiled one. Okay. And I grew up in El Salvador where, you know, I was grandma's baby. So, um, I was definitely always very spoiled. And, um, and so, and as I grew up and I started coming to the church, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I got to do what? Yeah. Like I got to do what? And so, but that's, it wasn't like, it wasn't something that, and so I'm, I'm preaching to my girls and to my men that don't like, you know, this isn't part of your nature because it's not going to be everybody's part of these people and the people that we're going to interview throughout this season, unicorns, amazing, like <laughs> lasso them up, put them in your house so that they can teach you. <laughs> um, and so, but it's really helped. Right. And so, um, I remember and I'm like, right, like, let me start putting this into application. And that has opened up so many doors for me. Like even, uh, I was like, man, like Pastor Jan would have been so proud of me. Cause even today, like we're, um, I'm part of like this leadership thing at, at school and I'm like, at school, at my job. And I see the difference between those that, um, are there for like a, to advance themselves mm-hmm. and for those that want to serve people. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I've been able to determine what a good leader is yeah. and what's not, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, who's willing? I can go back to the right. scripture from the last one. It's right. like laying down your life for the sake yeah. of the vision and exactly. all these things. And so as a woman, I know like, um, even speaking about how you said, like, as a single woman is so crucial because we have like, you know, the roots and mm-hmm. of the Bible, which I know it's such a, it's such a go-to story for girls like, oh, where's my Boaz? <laughs> like, where's my Boaz? Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, first of all, yeah, sweetie, <clears throat> Ruth, yes, she went through a horrendous loss. Yes. Right. Then she decided to stay in a place where there was no fruit that was going to come. Yes. She like, as far as like the human eye could see, right. She was going to stay with her mother-in-law 
that her husband had just died. So she was going to stay with her mother-in-law, like with no other reason, no other, like no other certainty except just having that relationship. But being there with her is what brought her the promise, but it was in serving the mother-in-law and serving the mother-in-law and listening to her. So it's like mentorship and all that good stuff that brought her about into a place of being able to be redeemed and all that good stuff, right? So when you say that as for single women, it's even more crucial it's yeah. because like, we it's part it's it's the way that we've been designed right it's the way that we've been it's an opportunity that the lord gives us like what do you what do you think you know what i'm glad you brought you brought up ruth that's actually quite fascinating because that's a love story on servanthood yeah. on, on its own in many different levels but ruth was a moabite woman mm. naomi had to teach her the culture yes that's and right. naomi had to teach her the what to do yeah. when to do it and how to do it and she had to teach her how to serve yeah. in that culture. That's so true, yeah. For her to be able to find her Boaz. And if you study that that whole book, what you will find is Ruth and Boaz were not physically attracted to each other. Right. That's so true. It was the greatest love story and the most romantic love story, not because of their looks, but because they served one another. Boaz and Ruth served one another, and out of that came out the most romantic story yeah. that we know. Yeah. If you want romance in your life, then learn to be a servant. Mm -hmm. That's what you learn That's from so Ruth. Good. Yes. And and uh, also what you learn is that you have to learn the the kingdom culture yeah. in order to get your Boaz. Mm. And and Naomi taught Ruth the ropes. Yeah. And if you serve you're going to win, yeah. but also check your heart. Mm. Make sure you're not serving to get the attention or the accolades, right? Accolades, yeah. I hope I'm saying that yeah. right, accolades. Yeah, yeah. That you're serving because you just truly love people, Yeah. right? Yeah, so. that's really good. That's true, I hadn't even brought in that component. That's hot fire. Um, that's the book of Ruth. Yes. Go ahead and read it. Read it. For all my single girlies out Best there. Best book ever. Yes. And I think it also, it, it's like a good... Uh, model, role model, even for men to be like, oh, like this is what I should look for mm -hmm. in somebody as well, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the next one, <laughs> premarital sex. Mm. Mm. I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. As soon as we knew last season, last like during December, we started like the Lord started downloading what we were talking about, and we're like, pastora, yes. for sure. So. Uh, I even have it here. I know that you can go off <laughs> on this topic. And um Don't I, do it. <laughs> no. I was like, I wanna let you. Uh, right here, I was like, I kinda wanna let you. Don't do it. <laughs> um But here's a basic question. I'll tell you why. Take it how you want it, do it. Like, so why is sex before marriage a sin? Okay. Uh it's okay, so God is not a killjoy. He just doesn't want your joy to be killed. Oh. Okay, so I want to make sure you I say that. You got bars, girl. Okay. <laughs> I, I honestly want to make sure I say this with all heart, all honesty, all mind, everything just thrown into this comment because uh, you will reap consequences for the rest of your life on that one. And my husband and I uh, have been married for 24 years here. And we still, to this day, suffer consequences what? for that horrid decision 
that we made. Interesting. God, God designed sex for man and woman for married covenant, not outside of it. And when you do, when you violate God's law mm -hmm. on how he wants you to do something, you'll be scarred. Yeah. Because even Jesus still to this day, the Bible says that he wears his scars. Yes. Right? So beautiful. I believe that if you, if you, I believe my opinion, okay, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but yeah. this is just my opinion, yeah. that when you do that and God redeems your marriage, you'll still, you still have scars because you, you entered into something that was supposed to be holy before it's time and you defiled it. Yeah. And, and how do you undo that? Mm -hmm. Only the Holy Spirit can help heal those yes. areas in your marriage. And you have to really get together and, and pray diligently and speak life into your union because you have now joined a, a holy covenant in a very unholy manner. Yeah. And God loves you and he forgives you and, and he adores you and he Absolutely. walks you through for my grace is sufficient, right? Yes. But, but you law, you, you brought in perversion yeah. into something that was holy. Mm -hmm. And if you're not careful and you're not sober-minded, you have to really cover your marriage all the time. Yeah. And that's a lot of work that you are not designed to do. We're not designed to carry that. Mm -hmm. And that is not something that I recommend, especially if you're uh, having sex with different people. Um, those are called soul ties. In the Christianese world, it's called soul ties, yeah. right? Because then what happens is their their soul is tied into your soul yeah. and what i love is i believe science has now found that when you have sex with somebody their dna is in your body yes right yep. so we call it soul ties they call it oh that you know that their actual dna, DNA yeah. yeah so a piece of them is with you yeah and so then you're really like a broken little pieces of a person yeah but you know uh it, it's sad for people that don't have christ because they don't have the gift of redemption right. they don't have the gift of of god making you whole again yeah. right that to me is the most heartbreaking thing yeah and sex is like a fire mm -hmm. when you do it right it's like a fire in a fireplace when you don't do it right and you do it before marriage it's like a wildfire yeah it destroys. Yeah. So it could either be it could either be something as beautiful as a fireplace keeping a room warm, or it could be something as destructive as a wildfire. That's really good. Yeah, and there, I there's so many things, right? Um, the first thing that I want to say is in the Bible it talks about how sin and sexual immorality is the one sin that you literally do against yourself, right? Against your body, against yourself. Um, and I mean, all sin, right? But this one specifically, it mentions it in that way. And that is because when, like you just mentioned, that science backs it up where it's like, because when you have that intercourse with somebody, it's it literally affects your body. Like yes. it rearranges you, right? And so, um, and then what's crazy is like, people think that, you know, the Bible says that um, then the two become one. And it's not, as soon as you have that relationship with somebody, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, as soon as you have that kind of relationship with somebody, okay, like now you've become one. 
So then now, if once you add somebody else into that picture, now you bring this person into this person. Yes. And now this person is becoming, and that's yes. where you become like mm -hmm. this weird. Yes. And so some people like have never dealt with depression. Yes. But then all of a sudden you had sexual yes. intercourse with somebody that had depression. Exactly. And now you're like, where did this come from? I didn't even, it's because you've created mm -hmm. that soul tie. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the enemy doesn't, it's like, oh, but she, like, this person only had sex this one time with this one person. Yeah. Like, it doesn't count. No. No, it does. Like, you committed that sin mm -hmm. against your body. And so now your body, like, the brain doesn't know how to say, oh, like, oh, this was an yes, accident. exactly. Like, now it's become a part of you. So it's like you had that experience once. You don't even know that person's name. I'm sorry, but you're still carrying exactly. that in you. And I know that sounds kind of like... um, I don't know what the right the right word is for that because I don't like it sounds kind of gruesome and it sounds very like over the top over the top and very concrete right mm -hmm. but it is that serious it is it is that serious it is yeah and I think but it's I love what you said it's like I feel sorry for people that don't have Christ yes. because they don't have that redemption yes but what I love is like when you come to Christ and you tell him that I'm not saying that there's no consequences right, right. but there is that that purity, like even in the Bible, and I'm not saying that people are like prostitutes or whatever, like if, you, if you're if you hearing this, but like, you know, Rahab in the Bible, like yeah. she was a prostitute and she ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, she ended up being a part of the yes. lineage of Jesus, yes. right? And we have other people in the Bible that were not the best mm -hmm. uh, examples, but the Lord redeemed yes. their line. Not only did he redeem- The Samaritan them, woman. The Samaritan woman, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, there's such crucial players in the Bible, so we don't want to like- tell you, oh, you know, you, you did this, and so now you're disqualified. Um, well, you may be if there's no repentance, right? Pastor Abraham talked about it in his interview where it's like, it's not just the emotion of repentance, it's the action of repentance as well. Yes, and also about redemption. Mm -hmm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Jesus revealed himself as Messiah to the Samaritan woman. So why is that important, the, the fact that he revealed himself as Messiah to the Samaritan woman? One, she was a woman. Mm. Two... She wasn't fully Hebrew. Yeah. Three, she was not a woman that did everything morally when it came to her sex life. Yeah. Yeah. That's redemption. Yep. Yeah. That's my yes. God. Yeah. That's my Jesus. Yeah. And he used her to spread the good news of who he was. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that, yeah, it right? get any more hopeful than that. The sure. world will condemn you for your mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's how you know the flesh is in the room. Yeah. See, we, we know flesh is here when, when, when we start nitpicking and start putting people down for their shortcomings. Yeah. We know glory's in the room and Jesus is in the room when you can overlook those things and you could bring out who God says that person is yeah. and help to be a catalyst for that person to, to be redeemed right. and, and walk in their God-given purpose and yes. calling, right? Yes. So that's why that's important. Yeah, that's amazing. So as we're talking about this, right, if you're listening to this and, again, if you're like, oh, man, like, I really shouldn't have done those things and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, there there is redemption. There There's a very real need for repentance and for turning away from that but it's not for the sake of punishment and for this it's for the sake of redemption right and so um please 
listen to this and hear our heart behind it yeah. because it it really is a restoration as we as you know we keep talking about legacy and all these things it's it's being able to bring your future generations and whether it be your own children or whether it be other people in your family into a place of wholeness yes right yes okay so do you want is there anything else that you would like to add about soul ties like how how would they affect us anything yeah they affect they affect every part of your life yeah they do because you have bits and pieces of yourself. You're not whole. Yeah. And again, if you don't have Christ or if you don't allow Christ to come in and, and restore those things because he makes us whole. Yeah. The blood of Jesus covers every area of our lives. Why the blood? Well, the, the life, life is in the blood. Yes. So God's going to bring life into a situation where there's bits and pieces. He's going to make you whole. So he's going to bring life. So you need the blood of Jesus to be able to overcome uh, the sins and to be able to be cleansed, to yeah. be renewed. The spirit of God comes upon you and starts walking you through all those places that you were broken. But the deepest thing that I think is why, mm -hmm. why would we have all these partners? Why would we, why would we feel like we need to have sex before marriage? Yeah. I believe that it's not just for pleasure. I believe the deeper why or the reason why is because you're looking to to feel a uh, connection with somebody yeah. in a deep way where you want to be one with someone. Mm -hmm. And that usually comes out of a place of brokenness mm -hmm. and usually comes out of a place of maybe not having a father that validated you, mm -hmm. maybe not having that connection with with a parent yeah. uh, that you needed as yeah. a kid. And so that follows you and you look for love in the wrong places. And yeah. then next thing you know, well, maybe if I try this person, maybe if I try this person, and then yeah. you you realize I ended up empty, which by the way, will make you feel worse, not better. Oh right. Gosh, so yeah. when you have all of these partners, it actually makes you feel worse, not better. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that would say look deeper. So I want to ask uh, a question that came up for me right now is because I know, um, how have you seen people walk through breaking soul ties, right? Like, because for some people, like we talk about all the time, it's like one day God can come in and do a miracle and all of a sudden your life is transformed. But that's the, that's not always the way no. it happens. Usually you have to start walking through a process where it's like, okay, God, like, blah, blah. And I know we, we've gone through certain programs like Cleansing Stream and, um, for the old school Christians, you know what that is. For mm -hmm. others, you may not, but, um, how have you seen people walk through the, through that process of breaking off those things from the past? Well, again, it goes back to digging deep, you know, so walking people through the why. Mm -hmm. Usually you, you, very rare will I ever hear, oh, it's because I just felt like I wanted to sleep with this person because yeah. I wanted to do this. It's usually I was feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I needed the connection. I didn't feel loved. And so then we start dealing with the root issue yeah. and that's a process. Mm -hmm. That's the inner healing part, right? So usually what we do is we take a step back and we go through a whole system and a whole walking through uh, every day. Okay. So how was your day today? How, and, and it's, and it's a process mm -hmm. because some people have to undo and unravel yeah. a lot of deep wounds within their soul mm -hmm before we can get down to the nitty gritty, but reading the word of God, because yes. the word of God cuts through bone and marrow and it cuts straight through yeah. the nonsense and it really helps to birth in a new life. Yes. So uh, one of the, one of the, the, the medications we take mm -hmm. for that 
is the word of God. Yeah. Constantly reading the word of God, constantly praying, constantly walking. Accountability is yes. big. You know, uh, teaching, you know, the, the women, because I only deal with women, but yeah. teaching the women, you know, be vulnerable with me. Yeah. I had a really hard day today, like these thoughts. And, you and you know, as a pastor, you have to be ready to hear the, the, the truth of when somebody calls you and says, I had these thoughts and they're just getting, you know, very graphic <laughs> yeah. on what these thoughts were. You know, you can't uh, be, you can't, as a pastor, you know, you can't be yeah. like. <gasps> you got to walk away from this dinner and be right back. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a, that, whoa. <laughs> speaker, girl. That's rated X. You know, no, you know, you've got to kind of, okay, mm -hmm, okay. And so then you walk through and you allow people to be very vulnerable, yeah. transparent, and, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, success isn't linear. It's like, kind of like you take a dip and then you yeah. go back up and you take a dip and you, but you know what? I've also seen great victory and yes. great success. Now, some of these girls, you know, I still mentor them and, and they're all the way on the other side yeah. of like this whole, you know, falling off the bandwagon with having yeah. different partners and coming on this side and being sober in that area for their, for their spouse that they're waiting for. Yeah. Um, now they go, now they're at work and they tell me women who are having the same issues are coming up to them, wanting to sit with them. They have Bible study at, at work and they're talking to them about the things that they're going through. Yeah. And, and this, they're like, how do you do it? How do you, how, how do you stay, uh, celibate, you know, yeah. without sleeping with somebody else? Like, how do you do it? And so now they're giving all the tools that That's they wonderful. were given to other people. And it's, it's a beautiful thing because you know what? I'm not touching those people. Right. They're touching those people. So they're, they're walking, uh, redemption. Mm -hmm. They're a walking epistle. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, God makes all things work together for good. That's right. Yeah. To those who love Christ Jesus. Yes. And are, are, and are called according to his, his purpose. purposes. Yep. Which goes back to the redemption aspect. Yes. Right? It goes yes. back to that. And, uh, that is so good because, you know, I even think about, like, I have a lot of, I've dealt with a lot of friends that, and myself included, where we were, it was hard to let go of a certain relationship. Mm -hmm. It was so terrible. And it's like, no matter what you did, like, you just could not leave. And you knew. Yeah. Like, in your mind, you knew that this was a bad yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's those soul ties that yeah. keep you coming back. And you're just like, I just don't understand. Like, right. but this is the answer to that, yes. right? Where it's like, so if. Any of you are finding yourselves in that situation where you feel like, man, like, I just cannot stop thinking about this person. I can't let go of that bad person. Like, and um, I just can't disconnect from that. It probably, it really is that, you know. And so find women that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. Find somebody that can help you through that, that you can be vulnerable with. Again, like Pastor Adriana, she mentors women. Mm -hmm. And so as you guys know, we're always advocates for connecting people with our church. So please join us. We would love to be able to walk yes. life with you because we know it's hard out here. Yes. Um, okay. So um, the last focus that I would like to touch on is um, advice for singles. So I know that, again, I know that you mentor women from so many different walks of life and you give advice, um, to them. What are some pieces of advice that are your go-to when it comes to finding a spouse or waiting for a spouse? Okay. There's that one's easy. Okay. Looking for a spouse, I believe you need to look at some very important qualities and they can't be, they have to be non-negotiables, mm. right? And I know to every single person, it's a different thing, but I think there's some foundational things that should never be negotiated. Mm -hmm. One, 
the Bible describes God as a protector, mm. as a fighter, right? So he fights for his bride. Yeah. You mess with my bride, you die. Yeah. I love that. Always look for a spouse that's going to fight. Yeah. For your honor, really fight for your name, and don't ever compromise that yeah. one. Ever, ever in your life. You always want to make sure you find someone who will do anything and everything to make sure that he protects you. That's so good. And not just you as a person against somebody else, mm -hmm. protects your morality, mm -hmm. protects your ethics, protects your name, protects your credit. Yeah. Oh, and another thing. <laughs> you want to make sure he has good credit. Mm, girls. <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds stupid, but you want to make sure he can manage money. Right. No, he can steward money. How well can you steward your money? Yeah. How well how well do you do? Yes. Okay, because these are all things. Okay, people get divorced because of finances. People get divorced because Jojo's mama said something to Jojo's Wolf. wife and Jojo out here baby being a mama's boy. Yeah, and then <laughs> his wife wants to choke him. Yeah. Right? So Always make sure, and I'm just making light right, of it, right. but always make sure that you have someone that's going to really go into battle for your honor. That's my God. And you see how much God loves his bride. Even Paul said, I'm so jealous, yes. so jealous for you mm -hmm. that I could present you mm -hmm. without a spot or wrinkle mm -hmm. to God. That's the type of attitude a husband should, I mean, a soon-to-be husband should have for his wife. Like, yeah. I want to make sure that you are presented, that as you're in my care, I will steward, I will steward this relationship well. I will steward you well mm -hmm. to the point where I can present you to God without a spot or wrinkle. Right. Oh, that's not possible. You're not going to be able to find a man like that. You're right. Because if you think you can't, you won't. Yes. You will if you think highly of yourself. I remember my mom asking me a question. She would see the men I would date. <laughs> And they would give me flowers and they would treat me like I'm like this princess. And she's like, where do you find these men? I'm like, because see, mama didn't raise no fool. If you can't treat me with honor and respect and treat me like I'm a princess, you are a waste of my time. Mm. I grew up watching a lot of things that I was not in agreement with. And I used everything I saw as what I didn't want. Okay. So I studied out a certain character and I studied out what I saw. Mm -hmm. And I said, ill, I don't want that for myself. So mm. anytime I would see that characteristic try to come near me, I would stop that right quick. Yeah. If they were sarcastic with me right away, <laughs> I knew Peace out. Me and you aren't going to get along very yeah. well. Um, if they were like passive aggressive mm -hmm. and stuff like that with me, you know, on dates and stuff like that, that was such a turnoff. It was mm -hmm. disgusting. Like I just didn't, you have to open up the car door, treat me nice, be an encourager, say nice things, serve, yeah. do what, you know, that's the stuff I was looking for. And so I pray that, I mean, for many women, things may be different. Yeah. That, but for me, giving advice to someone else, you want to look at those things because sometimes, you know, not all the time, right. but sometimes sarcasm is used because people don't know how to express their emotions. Right. And emotions are not bad. They're, the, they're, they're actually the seasoning yeah. to life. We always quote you when you say that emotions are data. Yeah. We always quote you with that. Yeah, they're data. Yeah. They're information. It's giving yeah. you information, mm -hmm. but it also gives flavor. Yeah. You know, it's like the flavor to things. Yeah. You know, it's like, you see a little. Well, know. yeah, because if we were just here talking monotone, we're like, 
nobody would want to listen to this. Exactly. You know? It's the emotion of joy, like regret, like yeah. being able to tap into those things. It's like, that's where the compassion, the sympathy, yes. empathy, all of that comes in. Right? Yes. So. so that would be my advice. The other thing that you're going to find interesting is like, you know how I'm very like, blah, passion, fire, let's go. And my husband's like, um, maybe let's, let's, let's take Let's process this information. Yeah. Yeah. Let's process w what's going on. Wait, yeah. talk slower. I'm like, <laughs> I'm already on the second chapter of what I was trying to say. Why are you not paying attention? And he's just like, but I'm still on the if on the first sentence. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes I'm like, what in the world? You know, what brought us together? But I had a, you know, doing, a, we do a lot of marriage uh, curriculum. Okay. And we learn a lot about each other. And we we now get up at 5, 5.30 in the morning and we pray and we mm -hmm. read the Bible and we pray for our marriage every single day. Because every single day could be a new battle and you've uh -huh. got to be ready, right? Got to be ready. So you got to know what the enemy's after your marriage. And so what I learned was what attracted me to him was his steady character mm -hmm. because I wasn't steady. And what attracted him to me was my fiery character and my risk taking. And I'm like, Wah! and he's like, I like that because he wasn't like that. Yeah. So what happens is you're attracted to what you don't have. That's good. Naturally. Yeah. But then you get married and that very thing that attracted you Ugh. is the very thing that will try to come and divide you. That's good. And you have to be sober-minded and just keep your eyes on, okay, I was attracted to you because you were steady. Mm -hmm. And then what we try to do is we try to make them into yeah. us. Or or he would try to make me into calm down. Mm -hmm. like, that's, I can't even if I tried. You think I like being on? But yeah, 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 yeah. So um, in that, like, pay attention to those little things when you're, you know, dating. Yeah. The person's real calm and you're like, ah! mm. or the, oh my gosh, she's so emotional, you know, and the men are like, oh my gosh, so emotional. What do I do with all of that right there? Usually you were attracted to that mm. because you don't have any. <laughs> you need, you need a little yeah. flavor, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And then, and then the other person has a lot of flavor and needs a little, you know, calm your role yes. a little bit because it's a bit much. Slow and steady. It's yeah. a little much. Yeah. You know, emotions are not always great when yeah. they're used wrong, right? right? So anyways, I just thought I would share that. I just <laughs> thought that was just a cool piece of information That's there. good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so any other advice? Nope. Okay, I think that's hot I fire. think that's good. I think that, that that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, no, that's really good. And uh, I also want to touch on that because honestly... You can preach out of a place of authority when it comes to that. Because even Karina and her marriage, it's literally you trained, not trained her, but you taught her by example to be that kind of woman. Yes. And that that's the reason why her marriage is thriving. She got that kind of person, right? Like her husband would go to hell and back for her just for coffee. Yes, he would. <laughs> like, it's amazing. He would. And uh, it's funny because she told me, I look for someone like that. And he is in a lot of ways. Like he, I, I see him. He irons her clothes. You know, he's he's he meal preps for her. He yeah. made sure she went to law school first. He went out and got two jobs. Yeah. You know, to make sure that she was able to do what she did. I'm not saying their marriage is perfect right. because every marriage has work that needs yeah. to be done. So I don't want to say that either. But at the same time, he is very much 
like my husband. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Jonathan is that he meshes into any atmosphere you put him in. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was really important to her. You've got to mesh. you got to dance. I don't yeah. care if you don't know how. You better try. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, again, going back to the servanthood, like, yeah. he's like, okay, I'm dancing. If that's yeah. what you like, <laughs> you know? And and so he's he's very much that. He, he, he acts a lot like Abraham and he does a lot of things like Abraham does. And Jonathan will tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he sees himself a lot in, in Abraham. That's awesome. And yeah. I think that goes back to even what we, me and Abraham talked about where it's like, you gotta look out for your legacy, right? So it's like, cause I feel like we, we find a partner and they're good for the, that immediate mm-hmm. moment. But then it's like, okay, like if you were to see your child, carrying those traits mm-hmm. are you like are you okay with that would you be okay with that person talking like that like mannerisms like that like you know what I mean mm-hmm. because ultimately that is going to be their example yeah right and so that is so good yeah I wanted to make sure I brought that in yeah. because these things are achievable they are um last but not least Pastor Abraham gave us some perspective about your family dynamic. Can you share with us how you have applied the things that we've discussed with your children and how their lives have been impacted through these lessons or principles? Okay, well, the first thing is being an example to them and living it mm-hmm. and communicating why. Mm. Not, oh, well, that's just wrong. Yeah. Or don't do this because, you know, it's just wrong. No, it, you have to give them reason and be very transparent and vulnerable. I, I talk to my kids a lot about my BC days, you yeah. know, before Christ. I was atheist. They know that. Um, I did a lot of horrible things. And then I'm able to come on this end and tell them all the consequences that I had to go through. Yeah. Um, and I say, now, if that's what you want for your life, you can go ahead and choose that. But I wouldn't choose that because it's the horrible consequences. And they've seen the the progress and the, and the process of it all um, in teaching them uh, why is it that it's important to court versus dating. Yeah. Right. Courting. You want to get to know the person you want. To, you know, my, I think my husband touched on it about being best friends. Yes. We weren't always best friends. Mm-hmm. There were times that we wanted to kill each other. So we had to learn how to be best friends. Yeah. And sometimes we don't play nice. Yeah. And so we have to learn and we have to be purposeful in that. And But if you do it right and you court, because that's what Karina and Jonathan did, mm-hmm. and there was consequences to not following rules, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you date within group. So you go out together as friendship, as friends, and yeah. then you get to know each other. Um, don't have sex before marriage because you'll end up having issues like Dan and I, yeah. you know, and, and I break down still the strut like, oh, do you see how we, this happens in the household? Yeah. Okay. That happens because this happened back here. Mm. So let me give you a tangible lesson. Yeah. You see this issue here? Yeah. That happened because this over here. Do you want that? Mm. No, exactly. So don't do it. Using your life as an yeah. example, because it's very tangible to them, yeah. is is key. And then also with the servanthood, to be a leader, you've got to be a servant. Right. So, uh, you know, them being being volunteers for butlers yes. is very, it was very important. Still, they still volunteer at Generations yeah. Coffee. They have to volunteer. They have to do something without getting paid. My son volunteers here at the church. He has to do that. Yeah. Why? Because leaders serve. Yeah. You're not allowed to sit back and do nothing. Annabelle, same thing. Karina, same thing. Karina, I think, raised like $500 for ICANN ministry when she was in in uh, elementary school mm. to help fund children that were orphans. Mm. That came out of her own heart. She did, uh, she did a worship team mm-hmm. 
She did children's church. So being a servant is something that I've always been very purposeful on making sure my children were part of that. Also making sure that you make your children part of your life on an everyday basis. They would always go with me to ministry. They would always go with me wherever I would go. That's key because kids do what you do. They don't do what you say. So making sure that you're very strategic and very purposeful on living your life the way you live it behind closed doors is the way you live it yeah. out in public, right? And if there's something that is not right, you need to make sure you talk to your kids and you need to tell them, hey, we're struggling in this area because mm-hmm. give us time to figure this out, da, 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 da. And then they understand, Yeah, you know, always making sure that you're very transparent with your children, making sure that you teach them how to be servants, making sure you teach them how to date correctly, mm-hmm. because you don't want to get involved in a relationship. One, if you're a male, you better have money to take your date out because I'm not providing you money right. to take a date out. So you better have a, a job. Mm-hmm. You better have a career because you don't date just to date. You date right. with purpose. What's yeah. the purpose? If you're dating is because you're looking for a spouse. Right. What are you looking for? You're looking for somebody who loves God more than you. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for somebody who can serve God more than they can serve you as a human being. Yeah. And I, those are like the things that I've taught my kids. And I can honestly say... That up to now, I think they got the lesson. Also making sure that we read the Bible with our kids at night is very important. That's why sometimes you'll see me leave here on Tuesdays. I don't even say bye to people because I want to make sure that I get home with my husband. We sit down and we go through books yeah. in the Bible and we talk about it. And we say, okay, what did you get out? What did you get out? Okay, what, what does, do you understand what that means? Mm-hmm. Making sure that as a family we pray and we read the Bible together is key because that is a legacy that I want to leave right. them for their children. And I believe that that's really helped them in a lot of different areas of their life. Actually, my son wrote this for me. Learned the importance in serving others and how it will not only impact my life, but those around me as well. The lessons that I have learned are shared to friends so they don't do things they aren't supposed to do. Mm. My mom and dad have shared the danger behind premature sex and it can and the effect it can have, not only in my life, but also in my partner's life as well. Hmm. Then Annabelle said, having good morals and positive standards rules has helped me stay on a good track, a, a good track in my life. It has also protected me from lots of evil in this world Most of all, it has kept me on the path of Christ and hasn't and hasn't led me astray. Mm. I love that. Sorry, my kids' writing is great. But uh, I think that's important. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true because I remember I grew up, um, as I mentioned before, like I've grown up in a religious household and I was given the rules, but I wasn't given the why. And so it's like, don't do this because God hates it. It's like, well, you haven't even told me how to <laughs> Why? love God. Yeah, like, you haven't even told me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have this relationship. So now I was looking at God, like, as like you said earlier, right? Like this killjoy. Yeah. But in reality, like, there's so many. And I'm not dogging that because, you know, people do the best that they can. So now I know it's like, okay, like, if I want somebody to understand God's truth, then I have to let them know the why, which is, 
up and down the Bible where, like you were saying, God says, do this, so that, do this, so that, do this, so that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love it. And I, I obviously the people that do life with you and communion with you, we do get to see the fruit of, of those things, of your children serving in the church, um, the way that they're able to relate to people their age and adults. Like it's just been such an amazing dynamic to be able to see. And so, yes, I love it. Thank you so much. Now I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. They're not perfect. Yeah. They're not perfect. They they make mistakes, but I always want to be a mom that allows them to make mistakes. Yeah. Because we're all human beings. Right. We learn we learn from our failures. There's a, there's a saying that says um, uh, failure isn't fatal and success isn't final. Mm. Right. A lot of times we think, oh, I'm succeeding. Yeah. I've arrived. Mm. It's like relax. Yeah. Because it's not fi it's not final. Right. And failure isn't fatal. Yeah. And I want my kids to be able to make mistakes and, and be okay. And I think that it's hard when you're a pastor's kid. Yeah. Cause like you're on a mic, like, well, they should be more perfect than everybody else. And it's like, well, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. they, I, we should live at a higher right. standard. I agree. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they should have the ability to be able to make mistakes just like everybody else has that grace right. and mercy. Um, but for the most part, we do our best that we can. Yeah. Considering our background. Yeah. Which is, I think, amazing. I, and it's true. I love that you said that because I remember once with Shekinah, we were like, it was years ago. I, I, I made a comment where I was like, oh, it must be so nice. And I didn't mean it like condescending. Like, I genuinely thought this. Where it's like, oh, wow, like, it must be so cool to feel like a pastor's kid because, you know, your parents grew up whole. Like, they, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, they're so holy. To, you get to live in this holiness <laughs> and it's just like this beautiful moment. You right. Know? Like, Rainbows and butterflies. You're like, you get to leave with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Because, yeah. I mean, I, my experience was not that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So then, and one day she was like, you know, that's not the case. She's like, if anything, there's more warfare. There's It's so there's, true. There's more expectation. She's there's right. Like, and I, when she described that to me, I was like, wow, like, that is so She's so right. True. Because... Um, if you come against the kids and you discredit the parents mm -hmm. and you discredit that ministry, you discredit, and it's not about the ministry per se, it's about the image of Christ being revealed through that, through the parents, through that family unit. And so, yeah, uh, to me, that was a really huge eye opener. And I was like, dang. But if you look at King David, mm -hmm. his kids, you would discredit King David yeah. right quick. Oh, good point. Yeah. He was a horrible parent yeah but he was the bible's full, filled with them yeah <laughs> and that's how you know the bible is written by yeah. god because you know you wouldn't write that about yourself you would only write the highlights about your it's kind of like instagram went away instagram yeah. oh you picked the best picture yeah. oh and then you put the best filter yeah. and, right and then you only post the happy moments unless you're crazy adriana who doesn't mind you know <laughs> posting my crazy la vida loca whatever yeah. but it's true like but you know it's written by god because all these down down parts of yeah. the person's life oh he's highlights them make yeah. sure to write about but david wasn't the best parent mm -hmm. but god said he's a man after my own heart, heart. Mm -hmm. and god loved david and god used david to fulfill the promise yeah even though yes. his kids weren't perfect yeah. and i love what dennis prager point. said i believe dennis prager said this if you didn't dennis Forgive me. Um, but I believe it was. He said, he said. And call me. And call me, Dennis. I want to have you 
on <laughs> Call me Dennis. <laughs> but I believe, I believe he did. But he said, if your kids are successful, don't give yourself too much credit for mm -hmm. that. If your kids fail, don't give yourself too much credit for that. Yeah. Does that it's like, I'm not saying not to be a great parent and not right. to be a great example and to give your all, give your all, please. But at the same time, you know, if you look at King David's life, his kids weren't all that in a cup of tea, but yeah. God still, I mean, mess with David, you die. Mm. But see, people yeah. don't look at it like that because I don't know if I would follow King David. Yeah. <laughs> I would look at his parenting, right. parenting strategy, yeah, like, you know? So, I'm falling into battle. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I want to come over for dinner. <laughs> like, I'm here for that drama. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's the truth. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it, a really it's, good point, it's all yeah. written there. Forgive me, Lord. Yeah. I love David, though. I love him. Yeah, we. Very I mean, inspiring man. Thank you, Jesus. But yeah. When I meet him in heaven, I'll shake yeah, his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the songs. Yeah. I totally related, I David. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You're a great man. Okay, so is there anything, as we're wrapping it up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I, I think that the only thing I, I can say is is love the Lord with all your heart, all your uh, love your love the Lord with all your mind, all your heart, and all your strength, mm -hmm. and allow Him to work through you to love people and serve people. And anytime that that is a thing, you're taking a huge risk. And loving and trusting is a huge risk because it doesn't always pay off. Uh, as as a, a reward on your end. Yeah. But what I will say is you will live the most fulfilled life when you open up your heart and you're able to pour out to others mm -hmm. and just love God with everything you've got and love people. I think that's the biggest thing. And make sure that you can just give Jesus to everybody and not in a religious way, but really filling the needs and in, in, in holes in society for the glory of God. And God will never lead you the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. It's when it's when it's God, it always, always benefits everyone. Yeah. Even if the person doesn't even want anything to do yeah. with God. Yep. 100% agree. <sighs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to Pastor Adriana. You can catch her some Sundays here at Greater Words Christian Church in Lancaster, where we're currently on the altar. Yes. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to In the Vine. Stay yes. tuned for any updates, for any other events coming up. I think this might, I don't remember when this is being released, but if Valentine's Day already passed, we hope it was good. If it's about to come, don't worry. The Lord loves you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Yeah. So um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, pray for your single friends because it's hard out here. They need you. <laughs>